3CR would like to acknowledge the Kulin Nations, true owners, caretakers and custodians of the land from which we broadcast. 3CR pays respect to elders, past, present and emerging of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their unceded sovereignty. This is 3CR Breakfast. Alternative news, analysis and current affairs. Monday to Friday, 7am to 8.30am. You're listening to Tuesday Breakfast. The date is the 26th of January. It's currently 7am. I'm joined here on this invasion day by Lauren and George. Uh, We have a very... Uh, I reckon, impactful show planned for you. How is everyone this morning? A little bit damp. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Very damp. Yeah. Um, That's a good heads up for people heading to the rally today. Dampness very much on the horizon. I think it's set to rain all day, judging by the bomb, or until into the afternoon. So take a raincoat, take your mask, take your sanitizer, and take some water. Yeah, it's going to be a steamy one. Yeah. <laughs> Just looking at it, it's going to be a top of 19 degrees, low of 13, light rain showers. The humidity is at 99%. That's obscene. Yes. <laughs> well, at least it's not yesterday or the day before. Look, true. Um, yeah, some of the previous years' marches have been, yeah, very hot. Um, so for listeners, what's on the show? We're going to, oh, no, (laughs) Um, we've got, yeah, quite a packed show today. Um, Very special uh, guests on the show. I'll let George uh, introduce the first guest. Yeah, sure. So we, we thought we'd bring out an interview from summer school, Mm. which we did in 2019 and the first episode on sovereignty. So we're going to play an interview with Dr. Crystal McKinnon and it's on sovereignty, self-determination and land rights. So I guess a pretty relevant um, interview to kick off this morning. And then after that. Yeah, I am super, super excited. I'm doing a live interview with uh, Claire Coleman, who's a Woloman Noonga uh, Australian writer and poet, the writer of the award-winning book Terra Nullius. So we'll be having a chat to her, which I'm, yeah, can't wait for. I think it'll be really good. And just lastly, George. Lastly, I spoke with uh, Senator Lydia Thorpe last week. Um, I'm sure most of our listeners will know Lydia Thorpe is a proud Gonangundjamara and Japarong woman, senator for Victoria, lifelong activist and fighter for human rights, social justice and the environment, and is obviously very involved in organising the Invasion Day rallies each year. So we Mm -hmm. spoke about the controversy around Scott Morrison and his comments, Daniel Andrews and his comments, and what she's been working on the last year in her role as senator and what she wants to see from people today and moving forward as well Mm. in terms of solidarity. And George has lined up a lot of um, fantastic music for today as well. So that will be really nice to platform some amazing First Nations artists. Um, 
But we thought we would maybe kick it off with some information about today um, and what's happening for people who are able to be physically involved in protests. Um, Did you want to talk about marshalling training? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So we'll put up the link to this just after this discussion, I reckon. There is one more training to do marshalling today. It starts at 8.30, so... If you haven't done the training and you can, it seems like they still really, really need people to help out today and are expecting potentially some things to happen that they need that extra support for. So it's at 8.30 in Carlton Gardens, the corner of Rathdown and Victoria Streets. So we'll put that link up. I don't know how long it goes for, but I guess if the protest starts at 10.30, you'll go for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously super important. I think they were trying to get, was it 800 Yes. Yeah. So the I think the um for the COVID safe guidelines um all marches have to be in groups of one hundred or less. Mm. Um, so obviously marshals will have a lot more work yeah. this year than they've had in previous years. So um yeah, if you're able. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, and just to reiterate, um, it's been made really clear on all of the um the posters and that sort of thing but if you do not come with a mask um you can't march basically so come covid safe yeah yeah masks hand sanitizer they recommend just bring your own hand sanitizer mm-hmm. obviously social distance uh as much as possible um but yeah just be smart about it i think we'll just go through um where uh some of these marches are taking place mm-hmm. um around the nation uh this morning in melbourne Obviously, it's probably way too late, but there was a dawn service uh, that took place at 5.30 a.m. at King's Domain Resting Place. It will be replayed on 3CR um, later today if you wanted to tune into that, if you missed that. Um, the, obviously, there is the Invasion Day March, uh, which will leave from Parliament House steps uh, in Spring Street. Uh, the gathering will start from 10.30 a.m. Fi- face masks are mandatory. Participants also bring hand sanitizer. Um, obviously, if you have cold and flu symptoms uh, or otherwise required to quarantine, please stay home and participate online or you can tune into 3CR, uh, which will be um, streaming uh, the march as well. Mm. <clears throat> All right, so I'm not sure, should we label off some of the other marches across the nation? Um, All right, so there will also be a march to Federal Parliament House starting at uh, the Aboriginal Tent Embassy. This is in Canberra at 10 a.m. The Canberra Survival Day March uh, was due to be held at Garima Place, uh, has been cancelled with organised citing the effects of COVID, so please meet at the Aboriginal Tent Embassy. Um, In Sydney, a vigil will be held at uh, Bungaroo Reserve from dusk on 20th, so obviously a bit late, sorry, on 25th of January to dawn on 26th of January. Um, Otherwise, there is a march, which is actually kicking off at 9am in the domain and is expected to go until 1pm. Organisers have said that this will go ahead despite coronavirus restrictions that cap protesters in the Greater Sydney area at 500 people. Um, I know there's been a lot of media stuff around uh, saying that they will fine and arrest people, but the protest is going ahead and there um, has still been, I think it's around 3,000 people sign up that will be attending. So please get down if you are in Sydney. Um, Brisbane, 
uh, there will be a rally that will gather at Queen's Gardens. Sorry, uh, yeah, Queen's Gardens, which is across the river from 10 a.m., and the march will depart at 11 a.m. Uh, it's a family-friendly event. There will be food and entertainment uh, at Musgrave Park after the march. And Darwin, we've got the Larakia Land Darwin Survival Day event, uh, which will start at Civic Park at 10 a.m. with a barbecue and a welcome to country. There will then be a spoken word performance by Melanie Mun sorry, pronounce, pronunciation, Manungar, and a smoking ceremony led by Auntie June Mills before the march leads, uh, heads through Darwin CBD at 11 a.m. Uh, going to Perth, uh, the Perth of Invasion Day Rally will be held in Forest Place in Perth from 1 p.m. Uh, Adelaide Survival Day March will leave from Victoria Square at 11.30 a.m. and march to Parliament House and back. Um, Hobart... Uh, Invasion Day Rally will begin at Parliament House Lawns at 11.45 a.m. for a 12 p.m. start. Uh, there is also a rally being held in Davenport in the state's, state's northwest gathering on Bluff Road near the Surf Lifesaving Club from 11.45 a.m. Um, and if you need to uh, check up on these details, again, I've just gotten all of that from The Guardian, um, uh, the Title just where to find Invasion Day 2021 rally and protest events. Awesome. Um, and we thought we'd just highlight what 3CR has on today for listeners who um, plan to spend the day listening to the radio. Um, obviously, as every Tuesday, we have Accent of Women following Tuesday Breakfast. Um, and this year, Giselle will be um, highlighting information, analysis, and comment on Invasion Day from First Nations women. From 9am, um, 3CR's First Nations media makers Robbie Thorpe, Viv Malo, Gavin Moore and Mariki Onis um, from the shows The Black Block, Fire First and Billabong Beats will join forces to bring you the annual Invasion Day special broadcast. From 10.30am, uh, there'll be a live broadcast of the speeches from the Invasion Day rally in March in Melbourne. Um, and then from 1pm all through the afternoon... 3CR will be crossing to events around the country uh, with some interviews with organisers on different campaign fronts and lots of beautiful music from black musicians throughout this land. Um, so stay tuned all day, I think is the message there. Um, we might head to some community service announcements and then to our first song. Hi. Man's here from the Japarong Embassy. On October the 26th, after two and a half years of defending sacred women's country, the embassy, family, friends and supporters were forcibly removed from country by Victoria Police. The Andrews State Government, alongside Major Roads Projects Victoria, have begun their violent attack to desecrate the sovereign lands of the Japarong to make way for the duplication of the Western Highway between Buangal and Ararat. There are many old growth trees, one significant tree in particular, a 350-year-old yellow box gum, the Directions tree. She's a placenta tree who holds the DNA of the Japarong ancestors. She was felled by a chainsaw at the hands of a government that is asking for a treaty with its first peoples. The embassy and its frontline protectors are calling out for your help. To find out more, including how to get to the embassy to help defend on the ground, visit the Japarong Heritage Protection Embassy's Facebook page. Educate yourself, donate to their chuff campaign, and spread the word. 
3CR supports the Japarong Heritage Protection Embassy. No trees, no treaty. Six years I've been in desert. Beyond the Bars is 3CR's annual prison project, giving voice to our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates right across Victoria. It's good to be here because uh, Aboriginal radio and um, you don't really get to do this much. Brings us all together. Time, you'll get your time to take that first step out that front door to freedom beyond these walls. Make sure and I just want to say thank you to all of you for giving us the opportunity to speak on air. The reason, the bigger the calling. Make your commitment and watch things unfold. And you can listen to audio from this year's broadcasts and previous years as well. Online at any time, just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars. But also while I'm here, I'd like to say thank you for all for coming, um, helping, giving us a chance to do this. It's really good, you know. It's been going for a while now. Hopefully it goes, it keeps going. You know, like it's, it's good that we can do this and um, get our voice out there as prisoners. We can't blame everything on the external, so let's stop looking for it in the hands of the persecutor because real power comes from here and it comes from family. If you would like us to post you a free CD, contact the station on 03 You're listening to Tuesday Breakfast on 3CR, broadcasting on Invasion Day 2021. We're going to go to a song now. This is by Jay Miller. Jay Miller is a hip-hop R&B artist and a proud member of the Mac Mac Maranungu people. A content warning on this track, it is... It, it is a bit hectic. It does include descriptions of state violence and Indigenous deaths at the hands of police. The track, So if you want to tune out for a few minutes, it goes for three and a half minutes. This track is called Unlock the System. Wanna know what is peace? Can someone educate us all? Because all that it seems is that no one even knows what it means. I mean, I could be wrong, but society is telling me that freedom isn't actually free. I hate to say what is hard being black in these streets, and when we tell them they don't wanna believe. Cause we're locked up in a system that we can't even see Well I guess my last song went right over your heads Cause I was sending out a message but the message wasn't read Reconciliation is what we all gotta spread So what more needs to be said for this to get in your head It's like, if you're white, you're right But if you're black in this country, it's an everyday fight But for real, I just wanna know why It's like the system that we're in is going back in the time I'm sick and tired of the pain going on in the streets We're trying to make a change but they won't let us speak There's innocent black people who were murdered by police and no one's given up well that's the way it all seems that there's a whole lot of things that were never discussed the media never reveals what really happens to us but when a wombat was killed man they made it a fuss but let a cop shoot a brother they never did lock him up how would you feel if you had a stereotype how would you feel if the police pulled you up at night how would you feel being judged in your everyday life how would you feel nah 
stuff that how would you feel if a cop ran straight through your house and shot your son in the head and left him dying by the cash dragged his body outside as he was crying at loud and left your family tortured as they all surrounded now I just want to see a change we protest in our country to stop all the pain but negativity still comes our way We need to unlock the system cuz right now it's not safe but I really do take in hand there's a lot of white mob on this land to do as much as they can to give back and yes I understand that's why I love my white folks cuz they do give a damn to listen we need to look out for each other but even better we spread love for one another cuz every some days on my mind I really wonder how we gonna make a change for the way they see our color cuz some nights I can't sleep I just want to make it so us indigenous people can eat so I preach like every day of the week so hopefully sometime we can live our life in peace and that's real and that's real say Every day of the week so hopefully sometime we can live our life in peace Melbourne, I found a Food Not Bombs flyer on the road and I had like this feast with a carrot and carrots are my favorite vegetable. Yeah, I think they were asking for help doing stuff and I got in touch. We, I guess, rescue food. That would otherwise go to waste. I like the aspect of sharing food and um, not making anyone feel obligated to pay anything for it. We make a real point at Food Not Bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in for more information go to fnbmelb.noblogs.org food not bombs is a 3 ca supporter you're listening to tuesday breakfast on 3cr invasion day broadcasting so we just heard a song from jay miller it's called unlock the system highly recommend if you enjoyed that to check out the rest of his stuff um he's yeah he's a great uh hip-hop r&b artist um and now we are throwing it back a little bit um over summer 2018 and 19 tuesday breakfast did a program called summer school um where we took complicated concepts and had brilliant academics break them down for us and one of those academics was dr crystal mckinnon who's a yamachi woman and an indigenous research fellow um Dr. McKinnon joined us to talk about sovereignty, self-determination and land rights. You're listening to Tuesday Breakfast on 3CR with Ayan, George, Lauren and myself, Anya. Today is the first show of our special summer program called Summer School, school spelt with a K, <laughs> because we, we're cool, right? <laughs> yeah. So to kick off the show, we have um, a very special guest today. Her name is Dr. Crystal McKinnon. 
Dr. Crystal McKinnon is a Yamachi woman and is currently working at RMIT as a Vice Chancellor's Indigenous Research Fellow. And one of her projects is working with legal academics and historians on an Australian Research Council Discovery Indigenous project called Indigenous Leaders Lawful Relations from Encounter to Treaty. Her work has looked at concepts of indigenous sovereignty and indigenous resistance through the use of the creative arts, including music and literature. Crystal is the co-editor of History, Power and Text, Cultural Studies and Indigenous Studies. And her work has been published in several books and journals, including Making Settler Colonial Space, Perspectives on Race, Place and Identity, The Alternative Law Journal and Biography. Basically a very, very accomplished woman, and we are very, very happy to talk to her today. Thanks so much for talking to us today, Crystal. Thanks for having me. I sound much more fancy when you're you're (laughs) like that. That's not true at all. Just goes to show how humble you are. Um, Let's start with the basics for our listeners. What do the terms indigenous sovereignty and self determination mean? So I guess self determination at its heart is about being able to choose um, and determine what you do you know, in life. And I guess when you're talking about it in relation to Aboriginal people, it's about the community being able to make its own choices mm-hmm. about what happens to it. So, um, and I see, and others do as well, see that the rights for an Aboriginal community to be self-determining comes from sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And if you want to think about self-determination in practice, um, you could look at the Aboriginal Health Service, for instance, which, or um, the Victorian Aboriginal Child Care Agency, you know, places that you probably walk, walk past every day. You know, the health service is down on um, Nicholson Street and Fitzroy. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Maser Gym on Gertrude Street, which is right near you guys, I think. Mm. Um, all of these places, they're all self-determining um, organisations. These are community-created organisations to meet a community need and they're determined and run by a community. Yeah. You know, they've got boards and that sort of thing. Mm. But the rights to have those places, I guess, um, um, I guess all communities should have those rights too, but one of the places that um, Aboriginal community gets those rights from is through sovereignty. Mm. Um does that all make sense? Or, yeah, uh, so sort of to leaving decision-making to the people who know their community best, in a way. Yeah, which is the community itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it, mm, yeah. yeah and, you know, um, in all of these places, the way that the run is through community, you know, over 18 kind of, um, you know, get voting rights and, they all have their own constitutions and the yeah. way that those organisations are run, yeah. Yeah, and maybe um, we can talk a little bit about the, the history from which it all begins. So everyone knows about, you know, Anzac Day. It's globally recognised and there's lots of literature dedicated to telling the origins and importance of the day. But not many people know about the Frontier Wars. Could you maybe talk to us about the Frontier Wars and how that ties in with the First Nations People's Resistance Movement? Um. <coughs> I might, maybe I might um, backtrack slightly mm-hmm. and um, I'll just do, I'll do, I'll tell you a little bit about sovereignty, I guess. Yeah, of course. Um, that um, might be a question, I guess, I guess sovereignty comes up in lots of 
protest actions and it's the way that um, a lot of people, a lot of Aboriginal people articulate fights for sovereignty. Sovereignty never ceded. You see it all the time on mm. events, um, people's email addresses, you know, calling nation sovereignty never ceded. But I don't really know if people um, fully comprehend what that means. Mm-hmm. And I guess sovereignty in terms of a Western legal definition is solely about the rights to govern other people and the rights to govern a territory. Whereas Indigenous sovereignty is about those things, but also about you know, relationships to land, relationships to um, country, relationships to people, kinship structures, mm. ancestral beliefs. Um, sorry, not ancestors and religious beliefs, you know, creation mm. stories. It's about all of those things. So I guess it's about history, place, belief systems. So it encompasses a whole lot more. Mm. And um, I just wanted to say that because I think it um, will help people understand what treaty is about too. Because mm. I guess when you introduced me and you said that I was a Yamaji woman, mm. that's where I get my sovereignty from, mm-hmm. you know, from being from that particular country, which is in on the west coast of Australia. Yeah. And it's kind of an anchor, I guess, for people. So when people describe themselves as being from um, Gunditjmara country, which is down on the west coast of Victoria. Mm. Like, that's the anchor, I guess, to their articulations of their own Aboriginal sovereignty. Mm. Um, does that all make sense? Of course, yeah. No, that does make a lot of sense, um, yeah. So I'm just, <laughs> just checking in because I can talk a bit fast and I know it's early in them. <laughs> no, it's a bit early in the morning, but, yeah. <laughs> But um, the next thing you were talking about was the frontier wars. And um, I guess if anybody is listening and they want to have a really good way to um, look at frontier wars, just chuck into Google to try um, um, frontier wars. Mm. And the, all, the first page that comes up is this amazing resource that came out of Newcastle Uni, which is an interactive map where you can... Mm click on different places and it'll tell you um, what happened there, mm. including non-Indigenous, so it's not just about um, it's a massacre map and have non-Indigenous and Indigenous and it'll give you the full background about what happened and it's also a mm. interactive when you click on more information you can also see what do they call it? Like a satellite image of the country yeah. mm-hmm. where it happened. Mm. Um, but the frontier was um, are linked to what's happening today. Like, I don't see... I think in the way that people talk about history and people like to divide it up into kind of neat things of the past, mm-hmm. but the frontier was very much present in today's society and what's happening now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all a part of one kind of ongoing violence settler colonial state where mm. people are locked up um, or killed. Sorry, that's one of my dogs. <laughs> people are locked up and killed mm. and, um, um, you know, suffering violence and death at the hands of the state. So it's mm. all a part of the same story. It's not, yeah. um, 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's not something that happened in the past. It's still still happening today, but in a different sort of legalized form in a way, isn't it? Um, yeah, legalized. I guess it's entrenched within yeah, yeah. within the state and its institutions and policing and everything. Yeah. 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 And you talked yeah, a little bit about... Yeah, and... Murder and custody. Mm. Um, public drunkenness. Um, mm. Recently, like it's all a part of the same story, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go on, sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to ask because you were talking about, um, you know, the connection to land, which is something that um, we hear about a lot, especially in popular discourse. You know, the Marble decision, which overturned the legal doctrine of terra nullius, and is often seen as a, as a huge win for Indigenous land rights. But mm-hmm. how has the Marbo decision and the concept of native title in general affected or shaped Indigenous sovereignty, if it, if it has at all? Mm. Um, I think it's important to separate out native title and land rights. Mm-hmm. Often they're used interchangeably and they're really different mm-hmm. concepts. Native titles, you know, the... Australian states, that's what the set of laws that came out of Mabo was native title laws, which was about mm. <clears throat> kind of minimising Indigenous rights um, and Indigenous rights to country and and land, um, whereas land rights is more um, about rights to land, but, you know, unequivocally yeah. rights to access, rights to control country yeah. in all the ways um, that one could imagine. Mm. But um, I don't think I don't think that um, it's shaped Indigenous sovereignty mm. itself, but it's certainly shaped discussions about Indigenous sovereignty because yeah. um, the Mabo decision explicitly stated that it can deal with the question of Indigenous sovereignty mm. in um, in Mabo Number One and its findings because it's chat. You know, as I said, Western sovereignty is about the rights to govern a territory and, you know, it's recognised internationally as those rights, whereas Indigenous sovereignty creates a problem for the Australian state in terms of its rights to govern. Yeah. So basically, Mabo's like, yeah, we can see that Indigenous sovereignty is here, but this isn't a question that we can deal with because if they dealt with that, then their rights to make those decisions would be pulled into question, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and because of, I guess the weight and the... the, the um, Marbo was such a huge um, decision, um, it has really kind of eclipsed all of the discussions mm. um, about Indigenous sovereignty. And, mm. you know, Professor Ailey Morton-Robinson um, is one of the leading scholars in this country who writes mm-hmm. a lot about Indigenous sovereignty, but um, it's still a kind of burgeoning area academically, I think, where mm. people are just starting, um, or more and more it's becoming present in people's work about what Indigenous sovereignty is and mm. what the possibilities of it are. Yeah, yeah. And it's important to move from, I guess, the Western view of what sovereignty is because it's different for, for different communities and different people. And that's a that's a very good point that you raise. Yeah, I guess um, 
yeah, it is talking about rights to govern and um, the rights to control those territories, certainly. But when people talk about Indigenous sovereignty, it just it means that and more. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, I think we might have to wrap up soon, but we can't leave without talking about treaty. Um, uh-huh. Could you maybe talk about what treaty is and what's the difference between treaty and constitutional recognition? They're vastly But um <laughs> treaty you know, one of the things about treaty is that when we talk about sovereignty as I was saying before, people's individual Aboriginal sovereignty comes from those those anchors to those to their different countries, whether it's Wurundjeri or Boonwurrung or Yamaji. Um and one of the important things about treaty is that each of these sovereign groups have different rights and different needs. Like what mm-hmm. somebody on Wurundjeri country wants to negotiate with the government is very different from what somebody, um, or could be very different, mm-hmm. somebody in Ghana country might want, you know, yeah. down Gippsland way. And treaty can't come about through government elected people making one giant document that covers all the different sovereign groups, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, so treaty, I guess, is just about a contract or um, a, you know, coexisting, you know, whatever it, whatever it is, mm. it hasn't been um, articulated yet what could be in it, but um, mm. the first and foremost has to be individualised amongst all the different um, groups. There can't just be one document between the state yeah. and the borders it creates. Mm. Um, constitutional recognition is just about putting a recognition aspect in Australia's constitution, recognising or um, acknowledging yeah. um, Indigenous people within it. That's basically it. Mm. And this is why Victorian community and South Australian and lots of other communities have wholeheartedly rejected it before mm. um, and don't want to talk about it before a treaty is on the table. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Or before a treaty has been struck. Yeah. Mm. And it's such a big question, but that just means that you just have to come back on the show another time to talk about it. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining sure. us today, Crystal. Um, it's been an absolute thank pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. You're listening to Tuesday Breakfast on 3CR for our Invasion Day 2021 broadcast. We're going to go to another track now. This one is by Emma Donovan. Emma Donovan is a Gumbanga and Yamaji musician and she uh, makes music with the putback soul music. It's uh, Yeah, it's really, really good stuff. Uh, she just had an album come out last year and I'm going to play a track from that album. It is called Mob March. Be 
You're listening to Tuesday Breakfast, broadcasting Invasion Day 2021. Right now we're going to go to a live interview with a very special guest, Claire Coleman, who is a Willoman Noongar Australian writer and poet, 
from the south coast of Western Australia who has lived in Melbourne most of her life. She is the author of The Old Lie, as well as the award-winning novel Terranullius, published in 2017, a speculative fiction novel which was influenced by certain experiences she had whilst travelling around Australia. Claire's work, fiction and non-fiction, focuses on ideas of identity, Indigenous sovereignty, colonisation and displacement. Today, we are obviously going to talk about Invasion Day and what Invasion Day means to First Nations people and what it should mean to the rest of Australia. Uh, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Hello, Claire. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very, very well. Um, I just wanted to start off with more of a personal question for you, Claire, just to get us going. What has Invasion Day meant to you growing up as a First Nations person in Australia? Well, um, firstly, I, I didn't always know of my Aboriginality, so I couldn't really, I wasn't really aware of um, of the kind of the, the conflict and the massacres and, and all the stuff that's associated with um, Invasion Day. But the other issue is that, strangely, I, I grew up in Western Australia. And when I was growing up in Western Australia, we didn't celebrate Australia Day much. We celebrated WA Day. We celebrated the day that um, Western Australia was colonised. Because people um, from the East Coast of, in, of Australia have a tendency to forget that um, colonisation didn't happen everywhere at once. So it's, it's very strange because I remember um, the first time I was aware of January 26 as a celebration it was actually 1988, when I was 14, um, which is, of course, the bicentenary of um, the landing of the First Fleet. And before that, really, I'm, I'm not aware of, you know, of Australia Day being celebrated. And also, at that stage, um, I was getting in, interested in Aboriginal rights activism, but I still was not aware when I was 14 that I was Aboriginal. Mm. Yeah, I, I want to touch on that uh, because, obviously there's quite a young history of so-called Australia Day being celebrated as a public holiday, uh, I guess, compared to the history of January 26 being a day of mourning amongst uh, First Nations people. Uh, would you be able to give us a bit of background um, just for our listeners that may not be aware of the history of January 26 uh, for First Nations people? Sure. Um, well, the, I suppose the most significant year was, I think it was 38, um, uh, when... William Cooper declared a national day of mourning for January 26, and that was declared in Melbourne. And it's been a kind of day of mourning and protest ever since. And, of course, there's always been uh, Australia Day celebrations, um, but they were different in every state for a long time. Um, like New South Wales celebrated them on, on January 26, on and off. It was never kind of fixed as a date. Um, uh, they so they called it something. I can't remember what they called it, but they called it something else, something like um, Landing Day or something mm. in Sydney originally. I can't remember exactly what it was at the moment. It slipped my mind, but it wasn't called Australia Day. And then 1988, of course, the celebration of the bicentenary of um, of the landing of Cook was um, a enormous, enormous deal, um, and that was kind of celebrated on January 26. And then it was not, it was kind of after that that um, Australia Day was kind of celebrated more regularly. But even then, it was the last, um, so the, the, I think it was the last Monday of January. It was the closest Monday to um, January 26th to, produce, to ensure a long weekend. It wasn't until 1994 that uh, Australia Day became um, essentially. Um, 
January 26 every year without question. So in reality, um, Australia Day as we know it, as a celebration, is significantly younger than I am. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess considering this, uh, it's quite obvious uh, Invasion Day is not just about changing the date, uh, but about a whole array of different issues, uh, including treaty and self-determination. However, noticing a certain theme amongst, uh, I guess, mainstream media is to focus on the change the date issue. Uh, Why do you think the media tends to taint this as merely a change the date thing? And do you think it's harmful to First Nations people? Well, it is. I think it is harmful. I'll start with that because um, when when people argue against um, Invasion Day marches and Invasion Day protests, um, normally what they use is some statement along the lines of the day. Um, the day's not that important. Why are you spending so much effort on talking about change the date? And I think that is um, harmful. I think it's. Um, I think I just wish the media would concentrate more on on what we actually tend to march for on. Um, invasion Day. I've, I've marched in Invasion Day marches most years in Melbourne. Last year I was in Sydney, and um, the the thing is that the, the march isn't just about changing the date. It's it's about acknowledging the history of this country, a history that people tend to ignore, and it's about um, black deaths in custody, and it's about police brutality. It's about um, acknowledging history. I, I think the way that Australia's history is treated by the mainstream, by by the government and by um, the media and by, and by essentially non-Indigenous culture, um, Australian history is kind of, is not very well known. There's a, I was reading this recently that um, someone did a survey and found that among people they surveyed, 47% of them thought that um, Cook landed with the first fleet, which is so unbelievably mm-hmm. wrong, it's ridiculous, because be, he would have been dead for nine years. So I think what's important is that we um, kind of look at the history of Australia. And for me, that's what Invasion Day is about. It's about acknowledging that Australia's history is not what the majority of Australians think it is. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I actually read that uh, one of your fabulous articles that you wrote for Indigenous X. Um, that talked a little bit about people caring about Indigenous issues uh, exclusively on Invasion Day as a way of, I guess, and this is quoting, uh, chastising others for not caring enough about them instead of looking more deeply at the issue and, I guess, offering consistent support. Um, I just wanted to ask, obviously rolling off the back of the Black Lives Matter protests, which has used um, social media as a form of protest, I guess, in the uh, forefront of COVID, do you think Invasion Day will have a different tone to the years previously after, I guess, a lot of conversation has happened, uh, especially online, about uh, people of colour and deaths in custody? I think uh, Invasion Day has a different tone every year, and in yeah. my opinion. It, it's, it's a uh, kind of a morphing, moving feast, so to speak. It's Every year when you go to Invasion Day March, it feels different. The only thing that's consistent is is that every year um, Melbourne gets Melbourne's invasion day much gets bigger? I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think this year is going to be a bit of a, a small turn up because of COVID and and frankly the weather. Yeah. I, I don't know, it's, it's pissing down. <laughs> that's kind <laughs> of what example things. So um, I think because of COVID and the weather and um, people's fear of transmitting um, COVID, I don't think numbers are going to be big this year. 
Um, but I think it's important that we maintain the, the rage and maintain our presence on social media. And maybe that's how um, Invasion Day is going to be different this year. Every, there's a social media storm every year, but mm-hmm. I think it's um, important to maintain it strongly this year. And uh, I think that I think that people are... I think Black Lives Matter is going to change um, Invasion Day this year, and so it should. Though there was a bit of a problem with the Black Lives Matter movement initially in Australia and that they were talking about police brutality in America a lot while ignoring um, Aboriginal deaths, which is problematic. But those sort of problems can be dealt with. And I I don't want to uh, kind of rip into people who are trying to do the right thing because they're not quite woke enough. I don't think that's helpful. And um, so I think that... um, I I actually believe that there's a... that the... um, Racism and colonialism in Australia um, have a use-by date. I think we're getting to the point where um, people are beginning to understand. So hopefully that point, that time will come soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think just off the back of COVID, um, it's kind of amplified all of these issues uh, to the forefront of discussion. Um, But as you've mentioned, obviously protesting on Invasion Day is not just about changing the date, but many different things that our government has failed for First Nations people. I guess in an ideal world, what would be something fundamental that you would hope the government would change um, uh, in order to support First Nations people? Um, A couple of things I'd like to see change. One is, um, well, the... The, um, a proper um, Aboriginal presence or voice in Parliament of some sort. The Uluru Statement would be a good start, um, following the request of the Uluru Statement. Um, but some things that, are, that would be nice to see immediately would be, um, for example, um, a seeing a, a police officer um, sentenced for, um, for murdering an Aboriginal person. That would be nice to see. Mm. Um, that was, that's something that could happen right away. If the court started responding to deaths in custody in the proper way, that would be a really great start. Something that would be actually relatively easy to do. Uh, I'd like to see... and I'd, But for me, the long-term change can only come about by uh, the truth of Australia's history being exposed and talked about and the skeletons in the closet being taken out and put on display. I think um, the the way that the government... Um, assists itself by um, hiding Australia's history, I don't think that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think uh, obviously in Melbourne, I think there's obviously quite a uh, progressive bubble and unfortunately the views here are not as widely consistent in other places in Australia. Um, And uh, just reading an ABC uh, article the poll was like 73 percent of gen x think that the date should stay and 80 percent of baby boomers think that the date should stay so i think it's highly generational thing as well but just in your personal opinion i guess what do you think is the best tool in changing how the uh, wider community views the 26th of january well i i am of a firm belief that um we are defined by the story we tell ourselves about ourselves so I think um, changing the narrative is the most important thing. And, for example, 
we got we have to resist the things like Scott Morrison saying that things were bad for the convicts getting off the mm. boat as they were for Aboriginal people. That that sort of stuff is ridiculous. Firstly, um, the, the the worst day for the convicts was surely not when they got off the boat, but when they got on it. Let's face it. So it, it, we have to start challenging false narratives and um, the f- false way people look at the at the history of Australia and make and kind of bring the truth to light. And I think we need to change Australia's story about what this country is. I, I've said this before many times, but Terra Nullius was overturned by the Mabo decision. The, and it was the Mabo decision told um, Australia that legally Aboriginal people were here first. And yet they still get large numbers of Australians who act like, um, who say things like, white Australians say things like, we were here first, like white Australians were there first when in responding to um, to migrants and refugees. But by no calculation were white Australians here in Australia first. There was no, there was no definition by, white, by which that is true. So I think it's time that we start as a society looking into the truth and making the truth the story, not the myth the story. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And just lastly, uh, Claire, just before um, we wrap up, because unfortunately we're running out of time, but would you be able to tell our audience in case they're just uh, wondering where they can get uh, information or if they want to educate themselves or give uh, support for First Nations people, where are some good um, places to do that? Well, I I would say um, a couple of ways. Firstly, I would suggest that people uh, read books by First Nations writers. I think that's important. for most of the history of Australia, the majority of um, of information about First Nations people is written down by the colonisers, and that's starting to shift. So I think it's important that books by Indigenous people that tell the truth of this country are uh, looked at. And online, the, the first place I would suggest to look is um, Indigenous X, which is a website and a Twitter account, which... It's basically a really informative place to go if you want to see the truth. They every invasion day they run um, invasion day commentary, and I think that um, is an important place to look. At. I, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Claire. It's been absolutely such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thanks, Genevieve. We're going to go to another song now. This is by AB Original. I don't think they really need much of an introduction. Um, but I'm going to give one anyway. <laughs> so they're Hop Hip Duo uh, made up of Briggs and Trials. AB stands for Always Black Original. Both members are Indigenous Australians. Briggs is a Yorta Yorta man and Trials is a Naranjeri man. So, of course, uh, we're going to play January 26th. You can call it what you want, but it just don't mean a thing. No, it just don't mean a thing. You can come and wave your flag, but it don't mean a thing to me. No, it just don't mean a thing. Fuck that, honey. You can call it what you want, but it just don't mean a thing. No, it just don't mean a thing. Fuck that, honey. You can come and wave your flag, but it don't mean a thing to me. No, it just don't mean a thing. Fuck that, honey. I said, hey, Briggs, pick a date. Okay. You know what? Well, we can celebrate. For sure. But we can come together, yeah. talk about the weather, call that Australia Day. I said, how about March 8th? That's a good 
I get a ticket for that. I get a DWB, and that's a drop in my spot. I turn the other cheek, I get a knife on my back. And I tell them it hurts, they say I overreact. So fuck that. Celebrate anything but survival. Nah, you watching telly for the bachelor, but wouldn't read a book about a fuckload of massacres. I remember all the blood of my characters. They remember 20 recipes for lamingtons. Yeah, their ancestors got a boat ride. Both mine saw them coming until they both died. Fuck celebrating days made of misery. Why I still got the black history. And that turtle get you banned from the parliament. If you ain't having the conversation, well, then we starting it. You can call it what you want, but it till 4pm on the 26th of January for our live Invasion Day broadcast here at 3CR broadcasting live from uh, the rally in Melbourne and we'll be speaking with elders and activists around the country from 9am uh, till 4pm 26th of January They don't want to understand But they killed us for our land Just for the earth and sand they put money in the greedy hands. The time has come for us to stand up and fight for our rights. Abolish Australia Day. Stop killing our people. Stop taking our future. Invasion Day 2021. Tuesday the 26th of January at 10.30am on the steps of Parliament House. Please come with your face masks, hand sanitizer, and practice social distancing. Invasion Day 2021 is a COVID safe event and we will have a COVID safety plan that all attendees must follow. Your safety and the safety of the community is important to us. All participants must wear a mask at the march if you can. Bring hand sanitizer and use it frequently. Stay at home and participate online if you have cold and flu-like symptoms. You must organise in groups of 100 and each group of 100 must stay 10 metres apart as directed 
by the marshals on the day. Everyone must follow the directions of the marshals on the day who will be implementing the COVID safety plan. Follow live COVID updates on the day from our Facebook event page. Thank you. You're listening to Tuesday Breakfast on 3CR for Invasion Day 2021. Just before you heard January 26 by AB Original. And now we're going to go to an interview that I did with Senator Lydia Thorpe a couple of days ago in preparation for Invasion Day, just hearing her thoughts on what she wants from allies today and solutions moving forward like treaty. I'm here with Lydia Thorpe. Lydia is a proud Gunaigundijamara and Japarong woman, a senator for Victoria, lifelong activist and fighter for human rights, social justice and the environment. Thank you so much for joining me this morning, Senator Thorpe. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I thought we'd start by getting the Morrison comments out of the way. I'm sure most of our listeners will be familiar but for those who aren't, in response to Cricket Australia's decision to remove references to Australia Day in promotional material for Big Bash League games, Morrison stated that January 26 wasn't great for convicts and that the day demonstrates how far we've come as a country and that's why it's important to mark it that way. What are your thoughts on this, this comment? Well, it shows uh, the ignorance of the person that's meant to be leading this country you would hope that uh, the leader of the country would actually know uh, his own history, uh, but those statements obviously demonstrate that he has no idea of the real history of this country and that's why we're in the situation that we're in. Um, and I urge uh, Scott Morrison to do some homework and maybe talk to some blackfellas or even just, you know, look on the internet and you'll find a lot of uh, truth behind the history of this country. Uh, it's, it's not surprising, though, that um, Scott Morrison is in denial and um, his, you know, most of his followers are, are in denial and, and want to celebrate invasion. They want to celebrate genocide. They want to celebrate the ongoing injustices that continue against our people. Uh, so, you know, we have, to, we have to use people power here and get rid of him because we need people in leadership positions that actually can bring take this, this country forward and not backwards, which is what he did yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Would great, it would be great to see him do his homework at the very least. Speaking of this collective denial that you've been writing a lot about this week, Luke Pearson, CEO of Indigenous X, was reminding everyone on Twitter that he commissioned a series of articles two years ago to address these kinds of racist arguments around Invasion Day. And one of the articles is literally titled Debunking It Was Hard for Convicts Too. And so his take on Twitter was that political leaders like Morrison are becoming desperate in rehashing these arguments. Do you agree with this? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, the country has a mental health problem, right? Uh, and until you acknowledge that you have a mental health problem, you can't heal from it. So uh, Scott Morrison himself is obviously in denial and 
for him to heal and for him to be able to heal this country, we have to go on this journey of truth-telling and acknowledging uh, what's happened for us to be able to go forward. You know, using the First Fleet and and how they suffered as an example uh, without in the same sentence saying, you know, that the attempted annihilation of this country's first people was also uh, what those um, first ships, you know, set out to do and they were the orders in terms of uh, Macmillan and others, orders were to wipe our people out. That's the stuff that I know that uh, Scott Morrison himself finds very difficult to accept Uh, but it's the only way we're going to move forward and, you know, a a treaty is so important right now in this country. 2021, uh, it's a mechanism that will unite us, but we have to go through some pain uh, to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, totally. And as you said, using the analogy of a mental health issue makes a lot of sense here. And just one more politician to kind of, cover before we can talk about treaty and and other things moving forward. Daniel Andrews was urging people not to attend despite health experts saying that Invasion Day rallies would pose minimal public health risks in Victoria. What are your thoughts on this position from the Premier? I think it's a uh, political position that he's decided to take. Uh, He knows very well uh, that when we held the Black Lives Matter rally that there were no community transmissions at that rally because uh, there were COVID plans in place. Uh, That will be no different to this 26th of January. There are COVID plans in place. And Dan Andrews uh, is responsible for desecrating sacred trees on my own country, on Japarung country. He's also responsible for the mass incarceration of Aboriginal women in Victoria. It's gone up over 400%. He's also responsible for the removal of thousands of Aboriginal children in this state uh, and the list goes on. So I don't think that uh, Dan Andrews can uh, tell Aboriginal people and our allies not to rally for our basic human rights in this country uh, when he's also desecrating uh, and destroying our human rights himself as a supposedly um, premier of this state. The, the, the rally organisers, I know, are following medical advice. Uh, there are, are many COVID practices, COVID safe practices in place. Uh, and Dan needs to just um, truly reflect on what treaty uh, he's talking about because it doesn't include silencing the voices of Aboriginal people. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like he really doesn't have much credibility on this. And if we know that BLM went pretty smoothly, it's it's clear that it can definitely be done again. I don't see him calling for people not to attend the Australian Open. Mm. I don't see him calling for, you know, these mainstream sporting events to be shut down with no... Um, people in attendance. So you can't pick and choose uh, when it suits you, um, Premier, Uh, and you need to listen more to Aboriginal people to get this right. If you really want the treaty in Victoria to succeed, uh, you need to show some good faith, and and so far he, he hasn't shown any good faith whatsoever. 
Mm. It'll be good to see some more consistency there. You joined us on Tuesday Breakfast last year just after Invasion Day and we discussed how the rallies were getting more support each year. And in the last year, you've obviously become a Victorian senator and I'm wondering what has happened in this time. I know last year was a pretty difficult year, but are there things that you were working on that you'd like to update our listeners about um, in your role as a senator and activist? Uh, well, treaty is is the key here. Uh, we'll continue to have this conversation every 26th of January. We'll continue to see deaths in custody, uh, incarceration rates of, of our people and the removal of our children unless we sit down and negotiate a peace treaty in this country. We were invaded. We, we, a war was declared on our people uh, by the colonisers and there's been no end to that war. Tell me, when was the end to the war? When you look at the statistics of Aboriginal people in this country today, the war has not ended on our people or on our land and our water. So treaty is the number one priority uh, because that's what will unite us as a nation. And also um, in terms of justice, you know, we need to... Uh, fulfil the recommendations of the uh, of the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. We need to raise the age of um, of um, I don't like saying criminal responsibility because these children are not criminals. Uh, so we need to raise the age of these children that are being locked up. Innocent children, most with uh, disabilities, most who are Aboriginal, we need to raise the age so that these kids aren't being locked up at the rate that they are. So they're they're the priorities that I have, uh, deaths in custody, raising the age and um, obviously continuing to protect country and water. Um, And that can also happen via a treaty process. So there's a, there's a lot of priorities. Sport is another one. That's my portfolio um, for the Australian Greens. We need to make sport more accessible. You know, why does it, um, why can't our kids have the same opportunities to, to sport? Why can't people on low incomes be gymnasts and tennis players? You know, those elite sports are so expensive to be able to participate in. We need sport accessible for everybody, not just uh, those that go to private schools accessing, uh, you know, the most elite sports. So lots of priorities, lots of work to do, uh, but we need most of all more people on board um, coming on this journey with us. We need allies to step up, stand up, fight the trolls, turn up on Invasion Day, pay the rent for being on stolen land and let's activate a, a 2021 that we can all be proud of at the end of the year and say, yes, you know, we've come a long way and next January let's see all flags uh, flying, Aboriginal flags flying at half-mast and let's start addressing the uh, injustices and the past wrongs that this country has perpetrated against our people. There's so much there and so much for us as allies to engage with. On Invasion Day, what would you like to see from councils, organisations, 
and individuals um, for support? Well, if you've got a flag, if you've got an Aboriginal flag, lower it. It's our day of mourning. It's our day of reflection of the frontier wars, the first war that happened on these shores was against this country's first people. And we need everybody to know that because that's where it began. And there's never been any uh, discussion around how we can make peace as a nation. So we need, the, we need the 26th of January to enable that conversation where people can have a better understanding. It's not up to blackfellas to keep educating whitefellas out there. We need everyone's help to tell the truth of this country uh, and individuals can, can do that by your sphere of influence, your families, your friends, your workplaces, Wear black on Invasion Day. Uh, that's a, that's a, that signifies mourning. Uh, pay the rent, as I said earlier, and get that message out there that we need a treaty in this country that will unite us all as a nation. It will mature us as a nation. And then we can move forward and we will have something to celebrate. But, it, but whilst my people are dying, struggling, poorest people in our own country... There's nothing to celebrate. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Lydia. Let's hope that there is a really solid turnout on Tuesday and that next year you can come on the show and talk about something that's a little bit less repetitive than what you've had to do. <laughs> Absolutely. And just a reminder to those that do attend on the 26th of January, we also have the Dawn Service, uh, which this year NAIDOC will be hosting with the support of the City of Melbourne. That'll start at 5am at King's Domain. Uh, please be COVID safe and aware. You will need a mask. You will need your hand sanitizer, and you need to be uh, conscious of social distancing. So we, we want to uh, ensure that people's lives are protected and are safe and there are mechanisms in place to do that through uh, the rally organisers, COVID. It's safe plan, um, but also we need as many marshals as we possibly can get. They're short of marshals, so please visit the, the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance page and sign up as a marshal. We need around 800. We're hearing that um, our opposition might be planning something, so we want to make sure that everyone is safe when they attend. Thank you so much for those details, Lydia. We'll also remind everyone and share links to that as well. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you. You're on 3CR. This is Tuesday Breakfast broadcasting to you on Invasion Day. You just heard, of course, Senator Lydia Thorpe speaking about Invasion Day, what to expect and what she's hoping to see this year with treaty and, and other things. So as she said, with the marshalling training, there's still an opportunity to do that if you're able to. It starts at 8.30 and it's in Carlton Gardens. Yeah, to some other events? Yes, we're going to run through just uh, the events across um, the country again, just in case you missed that at the start. So uh, in Sydney, uh, it's 9am at The Domain. Uh, here in Melbourne, 10.30am at Parliament House Steps. Uh, in Canberra, 10 a.m. at the Tent Embassy. 
uh, a Brisbane, 10 a.m. at Queen's Park, Perth, uh, 1 p.m. Forest Place uh, in Adelaide, 11 a.m. Victoria Square. Uh, in Darwin, it's 10 a.m. Civic Park. Uh, in Hobart, uh, 12 p.m. at Parliament House Lawns. Uh, if you're in Newcastle, 10 a.m. Civic Park. Uh, Rockhampton, 10 a.m. at Central Park. In Lismore, uh, 1 p.m. Lismore Entertainment Centre. In Albury, it's 10 a.m. Albury Botanic Gardens. And in Lithgow, 11.30 a.m. Queen Elizabeth Park. And as we've been saying, uh, if you are attending uh, the protests physically, please wear your mask. If you can, please carry hand sanitizer with you, uh, socially distance uh, where you can, um, and also just bring water, snacks, um, yeah, that kind of thing. And stay home if you feel unwell and tune in to either 3CR or follow the coverage live um, all day. Thanks, Genevieve. Tune in 9 o'clock till 4pm on the 26th of January for our live Invasion Day broadcast here at 3CR. Broadcasting live from uh, the rally in Melbourne and we'll be speaking with elders and activists around the country from uh, 9am till 4pm, 26th of January. They don't want to understand But they killed us for our land Just for the earth and sand Abolish Australia Day. Stop killing our people. Stop taking our future. Invasion Day 2021. Tuesday the 26th of January at 10.30am on the steps of Parliament House. Please come with your face masks, hand sanitizer and practice social distancing. Invasion Day 2021 is a COVID safe event and we will have a COVID safety plan that all attendees must follow. Your safety and the safety of the community is important to us. All participants must wear a mask at the march if you can. Bring hand sanitizer and use it frequently. Stay at home and participate online if you have cold and flu-like symptoms. You must organise in groups of 100 and each group of 100 must stay 10 metres apart as directed by the marshals on the day. Everyone must follow the directions of the marshals on the day who will be implementing the COVID safety plan. Follow live COVID updates on the day from our Facebook event page. Thank you. You're listening to Tuesday Breakfast on 3CR. We're going to go to another track now from Dreaming Now. It's called Australia Does Not Exist. Exist. Uh. Australia does not 
which are called Australia. You're listening to Tuesday Breakfast on 3CR and you just heard from Dreaming Now with the song Australia Does Not Exist that came out in 2018. Mm. So we wanted to highlight, um, obviously we should all be paying the rent um, every month to um, First Nations organisations or initiatives, um, but particularly today we wanted to highlight some initiatives that people can donate to if um, you know if they want to do it instead of coming to the protest or as well as. Um, so there are obviously a number of Indigenous-run organisations that you can donate to around the year, but um, this organisation called the Wern of Kanak, um, which is a land back initiative. Um, it's, I'll just read the bio, it's an exercise of sovereign strength and self-determination to regenerate land and waters through native plants and bush medicine gardens, create a seed library and nurture and protect the existing ancestor trees and cultural landscapes surrounding. The initiative is led by Arika Walu, who is a sovereign mother of the LGBTQ families and cousin to most of so-called Southern Victoria, Australia. Erika will be working with other strong, sovereign community activators, land defenders, grandmothers, mothers, aunties, cousins, and a trusted circle of allies, advisors, and stakeholders. This is a really important initiative, um, and Erika has been holding... Um, there was a Land Back Festival at the weekend, and they're trying to raise um, $200,000 to purchase land um, and begin that regeneration project. So... Um, that is a great place to donate today if you have the funds. Um, there is a GoFundMe and it is called WURN, W-W-U, so W-U-U-R-N of Kanak, K-A-N-A-K, and you can Google it, the Land Back Initiative, um, and send some money their way because that's really important. Um, this is Aboriginal land and it should be in Aboriginal hands. Um so we're coming to the end of the program. We might just do a quick recap of what we've heard today. Yeah, so um, just at the beginning, you did hear um, an interview from 2019 with Dr. Crystal McKinnon, uh, who's a Yamaj, sorry, excuse me, a Yamaji woman, an Indigenous research fellow. Um, and I did a live interview with Claire Coleman, um, who is a Woloman Nunga Australian writer and poet. Um, talked about Invasion Day and what Invasion Day means to First Nations people and what it should mean to Australia. And lastly, you heard from Lydia Thorpe, Senator Lydia Thorpe, a proud Gwinnai Gunajamara and Japarang woman. We discussed Invasion Day and Treaty. And so next up um, is Accent of Women with Giselle Hanna, which is... Um, the program today is focusing on perspectives of Indigenous women and for the rest of the day, 3CR will be broadcasting Invasion Day. Um, the rally will be broadcast live from 10.30 and prior to that, um, a real who's who lineup, including Robbie Thorpe, Viv Malo and Mariki Onis, um, will be kicking off the Invasion Day broadcasting proper from 9am. So stay tuned. Um, and if you missed the dawn service this morning, it will be aired uh, sometime today so stay tuned for that as well yeah stay safe if you go to the rally and wear a mask genocide here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the world it's one thing white fellas learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide 
you look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country, well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune in to Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe. That's right, this is Brother West from the American Empire trying to keep alive the legacy of John Coltrane, Curtis Mayfield, Nina Simone, and I am so glad you are listening to 3CR because 3CR is a force for good. It's telling the truth and allows you both to laugh, not at, but with others. Oh, what a grand radio station it is. 3CR Breakfast would like to thank the New International Bookshop. Melbourne's radical independent bookseller and venue for their financial support of this program. You can find Nibs in the basement of Trades Hall in Victoria Street, Carlton. Or check them out at nibs.org.au to find more information about upcoming discussions and events.